Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger, and today I'm talking to you about playing catch. Now, why would a marriage, sex, and trauma therapist talk about playing catch? You know, when I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, uh, I used to do that a lot with my friends, with my dad, and playing catch was literally just taking a ball, throwing to the other person, the person catches it and throws the ball back to you. And it was thrilling for me to play catch. It was one of those things I love to do. And as an adult playing on softball teams, uh, before games, we would play catch. I'd love it just as much then. So um, when it comes to what I do, I have discovered that there's a link between playing catch and having healthy communication. So let me explain. Okay, what I find with people, with couples that are having especially uh, emotionally charged conversations, when one person is angry or hurt or disappointed or afraid or whatever, that typically what I see is one person says something and then the other person reacts. And then the other person says something as a reaction to what the other person said. And you have just two people reacting. Sometimes I use the metaphor since I'm talking about balls and playing catch is imagine each person having their own crate of tennis balls and they have uh, something they want to throw to the other person a tennis ball and they're both throwing a bunch of tennis balls at each other but nobody's catching any tennis balls that's kind of how communication is with couples when they're emotionally charged they uh, they they say what they want to say but there's no catching in other words there's no listening there's no taking in, there's no receiving. There's no experience of one person who throws the ball, they feel like you caught my ball. Now we know when we play catch, it feels good when the person catches your ball. That's what you want when you throw the ball, you want them to catch your ball. You surely don't want them to just watch it drop on the ground or knock it back in in your direction. You want them to catch the ball. That's why you're throwing the ball. And it's no different when we throw our emotional expression, throw our, this is what I would like, this is what I want, this is, we want to be caught, we want that expression to be taken in, and we want to have the feeling that you took it in. And when we do that, we have healthy communication. I talk a lot about attunement uh, in my uh, classes with my grad students, of course, with my clients and attunement is uh, when we respond in such a way that the person feels like you're with me, you are with me. And uh, that is very important. As a matter of fact, that is uh, what parents need to do with their children for children to grow up to be healthy people. Right when when a child has a parent who more times than not tunes into them, where the child feels like, "Wow, you get me," that uh, that person's brain develops better. Uh, they develop better, and it's the same thing that we need to do with each other. We need to tune into each other. 
So I devised an exercise many years ago, and I've talked about this before, before, and it's in my book, The Long Hot Marriage, and, you know, and it's about playing catch. And every bunch of years, I think I need to bring it up again, because it's so powerful. And learning to play catch with your partner, doing that is a relationship changer. It could change many, many things. It could help you heal from crises. I help couples dealing with infidelity learn how to play catch. Now, let me tell you the, the rules of the game and how it's done in playing catch. The first thing is there's certain rules of throwing the ball, right? If I'm playing catch with somebody and they're, let's say, let's say they're 30 feet away from me, I got to take that into consideration. I don't want to throw the ball 100 miles an hour. They could get hurt. Not that I could throw the ball 100 miles an hour. <laughs> That's delusions of grandeur there. But I'm just saying that uh, I need to throw the ball in such a way that they can catch it. Well, in terms of using that metaphor for communication, you don't start a, a, an emotional expression by putting a person down, by saying something like, well, you're, you're a jerk, or how about uh, the always and never terms? You just never listen to me. That's not a good um, starting point, a way to have a kind of a soft startup. As John Gottman and Julie Gottman and relationship researchers talk about a soft startup. And a soft startup usually involves an I statement, like, I'm really frustrated with you right now. Nothing wrong with that. I all I'm doing is sharing information, right? When I'm when I'm throwing the ball in a way that you could listen, I'm basically giving you information. My intent isn't to blast you with my feelings, dump you with my feelings, punish you with my feelings. It's just to share information. And so I say that, right? So that's part of the rules of the game uh, in playing catch. I, I have to throw the ball in a way that you can catch it, not 100 miles an hour. Um, and in terms of also part of the game is not to talk too much. You're not doing a monologue. You are actually eliciting a dialogue. So in order to do that, you say a sentence or two, and you'll see when I talk about what the listener has to do, why that's so important. To just not give too much words. I'm really angry at you because you didn't uh, remember again what I asked you to get at the store, and it's the third time in a row, and that's really frustrating. That's it. That's all you got to say. Maybe there's more. You don't say it all at one time because of what comes next. Part of the rules of the game then is what the listener does, the person catching your ball has to, first of all, has to drop his or her agenda. Meaning that one of the reasons people do just keep reacting to each other like two crates of tennis balls is that both people are holding onto their agenda. And so if one person's agenda is to say, look, I'm frustrated that you forgot what I asked you to buy at the store, it's the third time in a row, the other person's agenda might be to defend themselves. Drop it. Once the person, one, one partner throws the ball, it is their turn. And it's only your job to catch the ball. No ball, no ball throwing now. That'll come later. That'll come later. Playing catch, eventually you get the ball and you throw it to the other person, right? So we learn to take turns in this process. So you have to drop your agenda. I'll talk a little bit more about how to do that in a few minutes. But basically what it means is you just drop your agenda. Literally, you just put it aside. 
You don't try to defend yourself. You are totally intentional about making sure that this person, your partner that threw that ball, experiences you catching that ball, meaning that you focus on the other person, drop your own agenda, and you say, so what you're saying is, now you don't have to use those exact words, but I'm telling you that's kind of good words to use. So what you're saying is that you're really frustrated with me because I've repeatedly forgotten to get stuff from the store that you asked. Now, why that is so important to repeat those words, whether you say they're exact words or you change the words, but it's really basically trying to capture the essence of what your, your partner's saying. As simple as it might sound, it gives the person the experience, the person throwing the ball, that you really are catching his or her ball, that you are, by saying the words, not just saying, okay, or all right, by saying the words, that person gets the experience that you're really taking in what he or she is saying. And now probably if you got it right, the person will say, yeah, or nod their head. Now, if they say, no, that's not what I meant, then you say, say it again, and they'll say it again. But assuming you attuned and the person gets it, like, why well, you just said exactly what I'm trying to say, they unconsciously or consciously will nod their head or say yes. When that happens, you say, as a person catching the ball, I'm talking to the listener now, tell me more, or is there anything else? That's opposite what we tend to do, because we tend to want to just get over the problem really quickly. I see this with both men and women, but even more with men. Just what I've noticed, they just want you to just get over it. But what we're doing is doing the opposite of that reflex and saying, tell me more. Wow, right? So what that does is it invites that person to go inside themselves and share something else. Maybe it's, well, this is just an example. Well, I felt like my whole life people didn't hear me. And when you do that, it brings up all the pain of my childhood. Oh, wow. So what you're saying is when I do that, not only is it painful that I didn't do it, but it brings up the pain you had as a kid. Yes, tell me more. You can say that a few times. It's not going to go on forever. So at that point, if a person goes, no, that's it, you've now caught that person's ball. When you say, tell me more, or is there anything else, and that person says, no, that's it, you've now caught that ball. So it's not the first time. It might take two or three or four times to say, tell me more, because there might be more underneath it. And when you are saying, tell me more, which is very, very important, Sometimes I label it not playing catch, but to tell me more exercise, depending on my mood, because I find tell me more is so, so crucial here. It really invites that person to share maybe the core. And when they share the core, it's truly being processed. And then these conversations don't go on endlessly. I remember I had a husband who said to me, oh my God, came alone that session. My wife kept me up for hours talking to me. And I said, well, you're probably didn't listen very well. Oh, it's my fault? I don't like to use the word fault, but I think you had something to do with it. I bet you didn't listen well. And so I taught him playing catch. He came back the next week. He goes, those two-hour conversations became three or four minutes tops. It's because she felt heard, because he played catch, because he tuned in, because he said, tell me more. Or is there anything else? Okay. So then 
once uh, that person who threw the ball says, yeah, no, that's it, that's, that's it. Now you can share. Now you can say, well, I get that, but you know, I forgot because you realized I've had a crazy week and all three of those requests were during this week. And I, I don't think that's typical for me. And I'm, I'm a little, you know, you know, hopeful that you don't see that as a, as something I always do. Now, and the other person says, oh, so what you're saying is you're feeling, you're hoping, you're hoping that I don't see, you know, I don't brand you as someone who always does that. Yes. All right. Tell me more. No, that's it. And that might be the end of that conversation. So, you know, conversations could go in a variety of ways. So that is crucial. And I encourage my couples in my practice to practice that every day to set aside 10 minutes to play catch. And it changes the couples. As a matter of fact, every couple that I know that does that consistently has um, made significant strides in feeling more connected and healing, all that. So I want to go back to this whole thing of dropping your agenda, which actually is an important first step and maybe the hardest step because we all have egos. We all have agendas. We all are trying to push our agenda. We want what we want. But in terms of communication with our partners, it never makes our life better when both people are holding on to their agendas, agendas and not dropping it. It takes one person to drop the agenda, but I always encourage the person who is on the receiving end of the other person's communication to drop their agenda. What can help with that is any tool that can help you relax and soften, to go deeper, you know, to not stay on the surface. Remember, when I'm asking you to say, tell me more, you're actually inviting the person who's throwing the ball to go deeper. But as a listener, you want to go deeper because the deeper you go, the deeper state of mind you could be at, you won't be so reactive. You won't be so quick to react. You'll be able to maybe feel your own feelings. You know, like nobody wants to be given negative feedback. Like I'm, I'm frustrated with you that you forgot three times what I asked you to buy at the store. It might bring up a feeling inside of you that you will tend to want to react to to get rid of that tension. But if you practice going deeper below that feeling, drop your agenda, you might feel the feeling, but you don't go with it. You don't react to it. You maintain stillness. And I want to tell you one of the best tools for that is meditation. I, I need to add that. When I talked about playing catch before, I've never talked about it. But since in the years since I've probably really talked about it, I've helped my couples practice meditating. And the meditation helps you um, when you meditate, when you're not in the heat of the moment, when you are in the heat of the moment, you have a place to drop down into. And I have a program called Meditation for Self and Interpersonal Healing uh, that I really want you to check into. The link is below. I really highly in, in, endorse my program. It's really excellent. When I, I knew I was going to be talking about playing cash, I didn't think about talking about this. But when I got closer to just sitting down here and doing this, I said, oh, I have to mention it because it's hard to drop our agendas and anything we could do to do that that will enhance our relationships, 
It's going to be great. So this program for self and interpersonal healing, the first month of this program is, is, called, is about deep listening. The first meditation, because there's several meditations a month that you get, uh, is the freedom of dropping your agenda. That's the name of it. Uh, and every, every month has a different theme, and they all will enhance your capacity, not only to feel healthy and, and better yourself individually, but to have an enhanced ability to listen and communicate and relate to your partner and other people as well. So I highly recommend that you check this out. I mean, it's a great value too. For, for what, you, what it costs you and for what you get, I think it's pretty top-notch if I say so myself. So I really do encourage you to, um, to practice, do this 10 minutes a day to practice this uh, playing catch. It's easier said than done and uh, try this on your own. And I think you can do it if you need help, I'm here. Uh, if you want to uh, help from the meditation program, you know where to go now. And uh, I think this playing catch is an absolute game changer. It, it helps us learn how to regulate each other's autonomic nervous system, which as cutting edge neurobiology, biological researchers say, it's the, it's, the, it's the key to having healthy relationships, is to be able to regulate each other's nervous system. And you do that by attunement. And you have attunement by doing things such as this play and catch structure. So that's all I have to say about that, which is plenty. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.